Hi, my name is Emma, and me and my brother Jackson love listening to your stories, and we hope you come back next year. Bye. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories today. We love to read books, be silly, and play. Me and my mommy are here every week to read you great stories that all are unique. Join us at bedtime, or bath time, or breakfast. We promise it's better than a trip to the dentist. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories. So, Conchetta, what, out of all your Christmas gifts, is your favorite? Taylor. <laughs> Taylor? Mm-hmm. Tell everybody who Taylor is. Taylor is a doll that Conchetta got that she named Taylor. Santa brought it for her, and it's her favorite Christmas gift this year. And she has purpley-bluish hair. I like Taylor. All the way down to her feet. I really like Taylor. You really like Taylor. I know. (laughs) Guys, we're back. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate, we are back. Kwanzaa? No. I don't know how to say Kwanzaa? No, you just said. Yeah, Hanukkah. Yeah. I never can be able to pronounce that. Hanukkah is already over. I know, but we're just hoping that, wishing everybody oh, a good time, that they had a good time. Happy All New of the Year. holidays is over. All of the holidays are over. I and know. my birthday. Right. That's what's coming up next. Right. Mm. In a few months. Oh, no, we're back with a sleepyhead story. And the reason why I asked yeah. Conchetta what her favorite Christmas gift was before she interrupted is because we're reading a book today that's about a very special Christmas gift. But the book isn't really about Christmas. It's just about a boy who received his a special gift on Christmas, which became his favorite toy ever. And the book is called The Velveteen Rabbit. So that's why I asked Conchetta. Oh, if you hear that, guys, Conchetta's... <laughs> we have balloons left over from New Year. Years, and she's hitting me on the on the head with it. So that's what we're reading today. That's why I asked Conchetta. So maybe this doll will become your velveteen rabbit. But you know what? You already kind. But it's a girl. It's a girl. You already have like a velveteen rabbit. What? Lammy. Peter Rabbit. Lammy, because the boy Lammy. sleeps with the velveteen <laughs> rabbit every night, and you sleep with Lammy every night. So you oh, kind of already have one. Lammy, you're gonna call her and make her sick. <laughs> Lammy? <laughs> I'm not going to make Lammy sick. I don't know what I'm saying. I just said a random thing out of my mouth. <laughs> so, guys, Happy New Year. We hope you had a great time. Don't tell them Lammy's phone number. Stop hiding, hitting my balloon. And I'm about to mop you. Oh, gosh, the balloons. Let's get to the book. It's a little <laughs> bit long, but it's a really, really good one. Uh, and we're back. Anything else you want to add, Miss Conchetta? Before bop, we read, I'm gonna bop everybody. You're gonna bop everybody with their with your balloon. Yeah. No, don't bop me. I bop you. Conchetta's dad blew up. I don't know how many balloons. Ten. No, way more than ten. Wait, what? I thought he just blew up ten. I like pops most. And of them. I pop most the of balloons them. aren't my favorite thing because I don't like 
when they pop, the noise it makes. <laughs> Me too. One time and he I- made so many balloons that like. So many were popping here and there throughout the day, and it just scares me so much. I hate One time it. I was actually shaking. From the, from the pop, right? Yeah. Some of them are really shocked. They're like, bah! Like, I was just watching YouTube, and it just, like, went... Like, I know. Right? It missed a touch to crumb. Uh, so we only have a few left, thank goodness. And then all the popping noise will be over with until next year, 2022. <laughs> I'll just make my dad blow up more balloons. I'll just make daddy make yeah he likes to pop balloons he thinks it's like the best most fun thing to watch us all scream and run right yeah all right guys let's get to the book i kind of like watching you scream and run too yeah i know everybody (laughs) thinks it's so funny all right guys we'll get to the book next "Ah!" the velveteen rabbit written by marjorie williams illustrated by sir william nicholson to Francisco Bianco, from The Velveteen Rabbit. There was once a velveteen rabbit, and in the beginning, he was really splendid. He was fat and bunchy, as a rabbit should be. His coat was spotted brown and white, and he had real thread whiskers, and his ears were lined with pink satin. On Christmas morning, when he sat wedged in top of the boy's stocking, with a sprig of holly between his paws, he was perfectly charming. There were other things in the stocking, nuts and oranges and a toy engine and chocolate almonds and a clockwork mouse, but the rabbit was quite the best of all. For at least two hours, the boy loved him, and then aunts and uncles came to dinner and there was a great rustling of tissue paper and wrapped presents. And in the excitement of looking at all the new presents, the velveteen rabbit was forgotten. For a long time, he lived in the toy cupboard or on the nursery floor, and no one thought very much about him. He was naturally shy, and being only made of velveteen, some of the more expensive toys quite snubbed him. The mechanical toys were very superior and looked down upon everyone else, They were full of modern ideas and pretended they were real. The model boat, who had lived through two seasons and lost most of his paint, caught the tone from them and never missed an opportunity of referring to his rigging in technical terms. The rabbit could not claim to be a model of anything, for he didn't know that real rabbits existed. He thought they were all stuffed with sawdust like himself, and he understood that sawdust was quite out of date and should never be mentioned in modern circles. Even Timothy, the jointed wooden lion, who was made by the disabled soldiers and should have had broader views, put on air and pretended he was connected with the government. Between them all, the poor little rabbit was made to feel himself very insignificant and commonplace, and the only person who was kind to him at all was the skin horse. The skin horse had lived longer in the nursery than any of the others. He was so old that his brown coat was bald in patches and showed the seams underneath, and most of the hairs in his tail had been pulled out to string bead necklaces.
He was wise, for he had seen a long succession of mechanical toys arrive to boast and swagger, and by and by break their mainsprings and pass away, and he knew that they were only toys and would never turn into anything else. For nursery magic is very strange and wonderful, and only those playthings that are old and wise and experienced, like the skin horse, understand all about it. What is real? asked the rabbit one day, when they were lying side by side near the nursery fender, before Nana came to tidy the room. Does it mean having things that buzz inside you and stick out handles? Real isn't how you are made, said the skin horse. It's a thing that happens to you when a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to play with, but really loves you. Then you become real. Does it hurt? asked the rabbit. Sometimes, said the skin horse, for he was always truthful. When you are real, you don't mind being hurt. Does it happen all at once? Like being wound up, he asked, or bit by bit? It doesn't happen all at once, said the skin horse. You become. It takes a long time. That's why it doesn't happen often to people who break easily or have sharp edges or who have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off and your eyes drop out and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But these things don't matter at all because once you are real, you can't be ugly, except to people who don't understand. I suppose you are real, said the rabbit, and then he wished he hadn't said it, for he thought the skin horse might be sensitive. But the skin horse only smiled. The boy's uncle made me real, he said. That was a great many years ago. But once you are real, you can't become unreal again. It lasts for always. The rabbit sighed. He thought it would be a long time before this magic called real happened to him. He longed to become real, to know what it felt like. And yet the idea of growing shabby and losing his eyes and whiskers was rather sad. He wished that he would become it without these uncomfortable things happening to him. There was a person called Nana who ruled the nursery. Sometimes she took no notice of the playthings lying about, and sometimes for no reason whatsoever she went swooping about like a great wind and hustled them away in cupboards. She called this tidying up, and the playthings all hated it, especially the tin ones. The rabbit didn't mind it so much, for wherever he was thrown, he came down soft. One evening, when the boy was going to bed, he couldn't find the china dog that he always slept with. Nana was in a hurry, and it was too much trouble to hunt for china dogs at bedtime. So she simply looked about, and seeing that the toy cupboard door was open, she made a swoop. Here, she said, take your old bunny. He'll do to sleep with you and she dragged the rabbit out by one ear and put him into the boy's arms. That night, and for many nights after, the velveteen rabbit slept in the boy's bed. At first, he found it rather uncomfortable, for the boy hugged him very tight, and sometimes he rolled over on him, and sometimes he pushed him so far under the pillow that the rabbit could scarcely breathe. 
and he missed, too, those long moonlit hours in the nursery when all the house was silent and his talks with the skin horse. But very soon he grew to like it, for the boy used to talk to him and made nice tunnels for him under the bedclothes that he said were like the burrows that real rabbits lived in. And they had splendid games together in whispers when Nana had gone away to her supper and left the nightlight burning on the mantelpiece. And when the boy dropped off to sleep, the rabbit would snuggle down under him in his little warm chin and dream with the boy's hands clasped, clasped close around him all night long. And so time went on and the little rabbit was very happy. So happy that he noticed not how beautiful his velveteen fur was getting shabbier and shabbier and his tail becoming unsewn and all the pink rubbed off his nose where the boy had kissed him. Spring came and they had long days in the garden for wherever the boy went, the rabbit went too. He had rides in the wheelbarrow and picnics on the grass and lovely fairy huts built for him under the raspberry canes behind the flower border. And once, when the boy was called away suddenly to go to tea, the rabbit was left out on the lawn until long after dusk, and Nana had to come and look for him with the candle because the boy couldn't go to sleep unless he was there. He was wet through and through with the dew and quite earthy from diving into burrows that the boy had made for him in the flower bed. And Nana grumbled as she rubbed him off with a corner of her apron. You must have your old bunny, she said. Fancy all that fuss for just a toy. The boy sat up in his bed and stretched out his hands. Give me my bunny, he said. You mustn't say that. He isn't a toy. He's real. When the little rabbit heard, he was so happy, for he knew what the skin horse had said was true at last. The nursery magic had happened to him, and he was a toy no longer. He was real. The boy himself had said it. That night, he was almost too happy to sleep, and so much love stirred in his little sawdust heart that it almost burst. And into his boot-button eyes that had long ago lost their polish, there came a look of wisdom and beauty, so that even Nana noticed it the next morning when she picked him up. And she said, I declare, if that old bunny hasn't got quite a knowing expression. That summer was wonderful. Near the house where they lived, there was a wood, and in the long June evenings, the boy liked to go there after tea to play. He took the velveteen rabbit with him, and before he wandered off to pick flowers or play at the brigands among the trees, he always made the rabbit a little nest somewhere among the bracken, where he could be quite cozy, for he was a kind-hearted little boy, and he liked Bunny to be comfortable. One evening, while the rabbit was lying alone, watching the ants that ran to and fro before his velvet paws, he saw two strange beings creep out of the tall bracken near him. They were rabbits, like himself, but quite furry and brand new. They must be made very well, for their seams didn't show at all, and they changed shape in a queer way when they moved. 
One minute they were long and thin, and the next minute they were fat and bunchy, instead of always staying the same, like he did. Their feet padded softly on the ground, and they crept quite close to him, twitching their noses, while the rabbit stared hard to see which side the clockwork stuck out, for he knew that people who jump generally have something to wind them up. But he couldn't see it. They were evidently a new kind of rabbit altogether. They stared at him, and the little rabbit stared back, and all the time their noses twitched. Why don't you get up and play with us? one of them asked. Uh, I don't feel like it, said the rabbit, for he didn't want to explain that he had no clockwork. Huh, said the furry rabbit. It's as easy as anything, and he gave a big hop sideways and stood on his hind legs. I don't believe you can, he said. I can, said the little rabbit. I can jump higher than anything. He meant when the boy threw him, but of course he didn't want to say so. Can you hop on your hind legs? asked the furry rabbit. That was a dreadful question, for the velveteen rabbit had no hind legs. The back of him was all made in one piece, like a pincushion. He sat still in the bracken and hoped that the other rabbits wouldn't notice. I don't want to, he said again, but the wild rabbits have very sharp eyes, and this one stretched out his neck and looked. He hasn't got any hind legs, he called out. Fancy that, a rabbit without any hind legs. And he began to laugh. I have, cried the little rabbit. I have got hind legs. I'm sitting on them. Then stretch them out and show me like this, and said the wild rabbit. And he began to whirl around and dance till the little rabbit got quite dizzy. I, I don't like dancing, he said. I'd rather sit still. But all the while he was longing to dance for a funny new tickly feeling ran through him, and he felt he would give anything in the world to be able to jump about like those rabbits did. The strange rabbit stopped dancing and came quite close. He came so close this time that his long whiskers brushed the velveteen rabbit's ear, and then he wrinkled his nose suddenly and flattened his ears, and he jumped backwards. He doesn't smell right, he exclaimed, he isn't a rabbit at all. He isn't real. I am real, said the little rabbit. I am real. The boy said so. And he nearly began to cry. Just then there was a sound of footsteps and the boy ran past near them. And with a stamp of feet and a flash of white tails, the two strange rabbits disappeared. Come back and play with me, called the little rabbit. Oh, do come back. I know I am real. But there was no answer. Only the little ants that ran to and fro and the bracken swayed gently where the two strangers had passed. The velveteen rabbit was all alone. Oh dear, he thought. Why did they run away like that? Why couldn't they stop and talk to me? For a long time he lay very still, watching the bracken and hoping they would come back. But they never returned and presently the sun sank lower, and the little white moths fluttered out, and the boy came and carried him home. Weeks passed, and the little rabbit grew very old and shabby, but the boy loved him just as much. 
He loved him so hard that he loved all of his whiskers off. And the pink lining to his ears turned gray, and his little brown spots faded. He even began to close his, lose his shape, and he scarcely looked like a rabbit anymore, except to the boy. To him he was always beautiful, and that was all that the little rabbit cared about. He didn't mind how he looked to other people, because the nursery magic had made him real. And when you are real, shabbiness doesn't matter. And then one day, the boy was ill. His face grew very flushed, and he talked in his sleep, and his little body was so hot that it burned the rabbit when it held him close. Strange people came and went into the nursery, and a light burned all night, and through the little velveteen rabbit was there. Hidden from sight, under the bedclothes, and he never stirred, for he was afraid that if they found him, someone might take him away, and he knew that the boy needed him. It was a very long, weary time, for the boy was too ill to play, and the little rabbit found it rather dull with nothing to do all day long. But he snuggled down patiently and looked forward to the time when the boy would be well again, and they would go out in the garden amongst the flowers and the butterflies and play splendid games in the raspberry thicket like they used to. All sorts of delightful things he planned, and while the boy lay half asleep, he crept up close to the pillow and whispered them in his ear. Suddenly, the fever turned, and the boy got better. He was able to sit up in bed and look at picture books, while the little rabbit cuddled close at his side. And one day, they let him get up and get dressed. It was a bright, sunny morning, and the windows stood open wide. They had carried the boy out onto the balcony, wrapped him in a shawl, and the little rabbit lay tangled up in the bedclothes, thinking. The boy was going to the seaside tomorrow, the rabbit heard them say. Everything was arranged, and now it would only remain to carry out the doctor's orders. They talked about it all, while the little rabbit lay under the bedclothes, with just his head peeping out. He listened. The room was to be disinfected, and all the books and toys that the boy had played with in bed must be burnt. Hooray, thought the little rabbit. Tomorrow we shall go to the seaside, for the boy who had often talked about the seaside, and he'd often very much wanted to see the big waves come in, and the tiny crabs, and the sandcastles. Just then, Nana came in and caught sight of the rabbit. How about this old bunny? she asked. That, said the doctor, why, it's a mass of scarlet fever germs. Burn it at once. What nonsense. Get him a new one. He mustn't have that one anymore. And so the little rabbit was put into a sack with the old picture books and a lot of rubbish and carried out to the end of the garden behind the hen house. That was a fine place to make a bonfire. Only the gardener was too busy just then to attend to it. He had the potatoes to dig and the green peas to gather, but next morning he promised to come quite early and burn the whole lot. That night the boy slept in a different bedroom, and he had a new bunny to sleep with him. It was a splendid bunny, all white with real glass eyes, but the boy was too excited to care very much about it. For tomorrow he was going to the seaside, and that in itself was such a wonderful thing that he couldn't think of anything else. 
and while the boy was asleep dreaming of the seaside, the little rabbit lay among the old picture books in the corner behind the hen house, and he felt very lonely. The sack had been left untied, and so, by wriggling a bit, he was able to get his head through the opening and look out. He was shivering a little, for he had always been used to sleeping in a proper bed, and by this time his coat had worn so thin and threadbare from hugging that it was no longer any protection for him. Nearby he could see the thicket of raspberry canes, growing tall and close like a tropical jungle, and in whose shadow he used to play with the boy. He thought of those long, sunlit hours in the garden, how happy they were, and a great sadness came over him. He seemed to see them all pass before him, and each more beautiful than the other. The fairy huts in the flower bed, the quiet evenings in the wood when he lay in the bracken with his little ants running over his paws, the wonderful day when he first knew that he was real. He thought of the skin horse so wise and gentle and all that he had told him, of what he used to be loved and lose one beauty to become real. And if it all ended like this, and a tear, a real tear trickled down his little shabby velvet nose and fell to the ground. And then a strange thing happened. For where the tear had fallen, a flower grew out of the ground, a mysterious flower, not at all like anything that grew in the garden. It had slender green leaves, the color of emeralds, and in the center of the leaves, a blossom like a golden cup. It was so beautiful that the little rabbit forgot to cry and just lay there watching it. And presently the blossom opened and out of it there stepped a fairy. She was quite the loveliest fairy in the whole world. Her dress was of pearl and dewdrops, and there were flowers round her neck and in her hair and her face was like the most perfect flower in all. And she came close to the little rabbit and gathered him up in her arms and kissed him on his velveteen nose that was all damp from crying. Little rabbit, she said, don't you know who I am? The rabbit looked up at her and it seemed to him that he had seen her face before, but he couldn't think where. I am the nursery magic fairy, she said. I take care of all the playthings that children have loved. When they are old and worn out and the children don't need them anymore, then I come and take them away with me and turn them into real. Wasn't I real before? asked the rabbit. You were real to the boy, the fairy said, because he loved you. Now you shall be real to everyone. And she held the little rabbit close in her arms and flew with him into the woods. It was light now, for the moon had risen. All the forest was beautiful, and the fronds of the bracken shone like frosted silver. In the open glade between the tree trunks, the wild rabbits danced with their shadows on the velvet grass. But when they saw the fairy, they all stopped dancing and stood still in a ring to stare at her. I've brought you a new playfellow, the fairy said. You must be very kind to him and teach him all he needs to know in rabbit land, for he is going to live with you forever and ever. 
She then kissed the little rabbit again and put him down on the grass. Run and play, little rabbit, she said. But the little rabbit sat quite still for a moment and never moved. For when he saw all the wild rabbits dancing around him, he suddenly remembered about his hind legs and he didn't want them to see that he was made all in one piece. He did not know that when the fairy kissed him the last time, she had changed him altogether. And he might have sat there for a long time too, if it wasn't just then that he had a tickle on his nose. And before he thought what he was doing, he lifted his hind leg to scratch it. And he found out that he actually had hind legs. Instead of dingy velveteen, he had brown fur, soft and shiny. His ears twitched by themselves, and his whiskers were so long that they brushed the grass. He gave one leap, and the joy of using those hind legs was so great that he went springing about, the turf underneath him, jumping sideways and whirling round as the others did. He grew so excited that when at last he did stop to look at the fairy, she had gone. He was a real rabbit at last, at home with the other rabbits. Autumn passed, and winter, and in the spring, when the days grew warm and sunny, the boy went out to play in the wood behind the house. And while he was playing, two rabbits crept out from the bracken and peeped at him. One of them was brown all over, but the other had strange markings under his fur, as though long ago he had been spotted, and the spots still shone through. And about his little soft nose and his round black eyes, there was something so familiar so that the boy thought to himself, why, he looks just like my old bunny that was lost when I had scarlet fever. But he never knew that it was really his own bunny. He come back, the bunny come back to look at the child who had helped him first to become real. The end. That was the end, guys, of The Velveteen Rabbit. I hope you enjoyed that book by Marjorie Williams. It was written long ago, 1922. Have a great day or night, guys, and we'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Sleepyhead Stories. In 2021, things are going to be a little bit different around here. You may have already noticed that there are no advertisements, at least not for right now. And because of this, I'm going to ask your parents for their support. Parents, there's a link in the show note that says support this podcast or become a supporter. We would really appreciate if you would consider doing this. Anything can be given from 99 cents a month up to whatever you feel comfortable with. And I promise you, these funds are used to support the future of this podcast and grow it to where we would like it to be. So again, please consider, we would truly appreciate it. Now kids, sometimes you're going to hear Conchetta on the podcast, sometimes she's going to join in on the stories, and sometimes she's not. And that's just how it's going to be from here on out. Sometimes Conchetta likes to record and sometimes she doesn't, and I am going to respect that. 
But I promise you, she is listening to the exact same stories you guys are. I promise. Remember that we do shout outs. You can reach out to us on our Instagram page or our Facebook page, Sleepyhead Stories. You can have your parents send an email, sleepyheadstories at gmail.com. Or we have a website, sleepyheadstoriespodcast.com. Okay, so you can send in those shout outs and we will always do our best to put them in the episodes. Thank you all so much. We look forward to 2021 and we love reading books to you guys and we love hearing your responses back. So thank you.